Welcome to the Jalal Azar podcast presenting Breaking Resistance. I'm Jalal John Azar. And I'm Francisco Herrera. And we're talking with entrepreneurs who have reached the peak through breaking barriers and obstacles in their personal and business journey to educate and inspire you to break your own resistance. Thank you guys for joining us on another episode of the Breaking Resistance podcast. I'm your co-host, Francisco. I'm here today with John. John, what's going on today, man? You're looking fresh. What's up? What's up? What's shaking? People out there in podcast land, uh, welcome to another episode. Um, Thank you for listening in and tuning in. We're excited to bring yet another fantastic rock star of a guest this yeah this is, is a special uh, this is actually a special this, episode it's a special episode we have this a very, is a very very special yeah, episode it's a, very special fr- episode it's amazing if you guys have been following along I, I know we have a lot of male entrepreneurs but this is our very first lady entrepreneur as a guest and before i introduce her i just want to thank um for the bottom of my heart to everybody who's been supporting us who's been giving us feedback and actually been uh sharing a lot on social media as far as our podcast um has been launched you guys have been totally amazing if you haven't already checked it out share it with any of your friends share it with your family anybody who'd be interested who's in this space of of entrepreneurship um we're bringing it on a weekly basis every wednesday at 8 a.m uh eastern time so you'll definitely be getting it early. So whether if you're driving out and you guys want to go ahead and take a listen, I mean, subscribe, notify on all major platforms, you'll be able to hear us. So without Francisco, further ado, you're keeping our superstar like to... waiting. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So, I'm getting so, there. So. Uh, we, we have, we have uh, our special guest, Marie Murphy. Marie, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Um very excited to be here. Very honored. Yeah, I don't think our audience really knows how much of a of a hustler and just like superstar you are. I mean, you're just you you blow a, a lot of us out of the park. I mean, it's gonna be an amazing episode, so we can really touch on some amazing topics that we that we touched on. So just to kind of give a little bit of a a little bit of um, uh, I guess context of who you are to our audience, you want to give us a little bit of a, a background as far as uh, sure. Um, I am Marie Murphy, owner and founder of MJD Development, MJD Capital Partners, and the newly founded uh, Murphy Hospitality Group. And we own and operate real estate uh, on primarily a value-add op- uh, basis, mostly focused in the multifamily realm. And we own a very significant piece of real estate up at Lake Tahoe and are doing very exciting things there um, in the retail and hospitality space. So uh that's what we do. We're vertically integrated, do everything in-house, um, self-performer, construction, property management. That's awesome. And and let me let me just preface also, uh, when, I, when we said, you know, we, we did say our first female entrepreneur, but, uh, but Marie, you're a, uh, you know, you're a force to be reckoned with, whether you're female or male, it doesn't matter. You know, Marie is, uh, Marie kicks ass. It, you know, it, there's, there yeah. doesn't need to be qualification before that yeah i appreciate uh, that i think though there it's like i mean taking this head on like i very much i mean john you know me we've been buddies for a while and i don't ever want to be like the only female in the room i just want to be one of the guys it's how i feel like you know there's no differentiation i don't want to be yeah somebody because i'm just a female um uh, but at the same time, like I also love to pause and I want my, I have two daughters and this is going to make me cry, but like, I want them to grow up in a world where they're like, wow, mom really trailblazed and did things her own way and got it done. And, and, um, 
yeah, I, there, it, I, I, I live in two different worlds. Sometimes I'm like, I really fight it and I just want to be a developer and, and be at the table with all the other men and, um, which is my life. And I think there's this pretty specific reason why I, I kind of chose this path. But, um, at the same time, I also want to recognize like there's other women. I've had women come up to me at conferences and thank me for speaking and that they're so glad that I was up there. And, um, <clears throat> you know, typically it's just a bunch of guys in a room where we go and conference. And, um, so it's nice to start seeing women. I, I love being on women's table, uh, round tables and, um, you know, trying to be a support to other women coming up in the business and, and create opportunities. I don't think you have anything to worry about when it comes to your daughters. I think your daughters already have a, an amazing superstar to look up oh, to. So it's, uh, you've, you've done amazing things. You're right? a yeah, You will continue. You're sweet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, so uh, tell me about early Marie you know, uh, before you, you became this, uh, this, this, uh, this force of nature that you are today. So well, you know, tell me mom, about where, where did Marie, where did Marie grow yeah, up? Yeah. How did you grow up? If you ask my mom, I've probably been a force <laughs> to be reckoned with for a long time. Um, I'm an only child, which I think drives a lot of my independence and, and who I am. But, I uh, grew up in Salt Lake, was a skier, uh, skied every single weekend, which kind of is how I led me to my Tahoe deal, I believe. Um, and then moved to Oregon when I was in eighth grade, my grandmother got really sick. And so we moved there to take care of her. Uh, and, uh, went to an amazing high school, Jesuit high school, which then led me to Santa Clara. And, and those two experiences, um, really formed who I am. Um, the Catholic education system for better, or for worse, you know, builds a great community and um, we have some specific deals that I do just uh, not for vanity's sake, but for like we we don't want to just be this developer that's going out and increasing rents. We we have a whole line of our business that serves like impact investing and social investing, and and we can get into that. But that absolutely has formed who I am from like kind of my background. But. Um, I was an art history major at Santa Clara. I never, ever thought, you know, I would be doing what I do today, but I can't imagine doing anything else. Um, I got into real estate really uh, quickly after college, uh, worked in residential brokerage for a number of years and started doing kind of some smaller flips and then found myself divorced. Uh, young kids and thought, how am I going to make the life that I want? And, you know, I'm a big advocate that real estate is one of the last great entrepreneurial fronts. Um, I was a single mom. Like I started with very little money and um, I've created, you know, a pretty great company and a much higher net worth than I had before. And um, I think only real estate, you know, is, is, I mean, there's all these tech things and whatnot, but real estate really is a real asset. It's something you can really see. And I love the beginning to the end of like going in and taking something ugly and that nobody wants and making it beautiful and shiny and, um, <clears throat> the whole process of that. But how I got here, I mean, it's just a lot of grit and hard work, quite honestly, a lot of sleepless nights, a ton of sleepless nights, um, uh, and also a really great team. Like I've formed, I think one of the best things that I do is to find great team members. I couldn't do what I do without my team. Um, and I hashtag all the time, like best even best team in the business, but it's true. Like we, um, are a family and we get it done. And I, I very much owe a lot of what we do to my team. I'm going to, I'm going to ask one thing and then Francisco, you can jump in after yeah. that. Uh, you, you said something about like taking something beautiful and making it 
making it already something ugly and making it beautiful or the concept of kind of having to reshape and, and re-deliver and, you know, something else. How did you arrive? Is that something that you think you, it, it, was that something that was somehow infiltrated your life earlier on? Like, how did you get mm -hmm. obsessed with that concept? You know, was it, was something that, that did, did you have to go through any different, you know, experiences in your life that made you, made you have that strategy? Um, yeah, I think if you step back and like realize the bigger or if I step back and realize the bigger picture, it's an interesting question, John. Um, <clears throat> my divorce was really pivotal. I loved my family. I loved the trajectory that I was on. I got married relatively young and had kids at 27. My first daughter when I was 27 and, um, <clears throat> life isn't always a fairy tale. It did not end like happily ever after. And, um, I am so grateful that it didn't because I would be in such a different place. And I was in a really dark place and pulled myself up from my bootstraps and said, okay, I am responsible for my own life. Nobody else is. And what am I going to do to create the life that I want? And so it was, it was very much a transformation of like, I'm going to take this dark, ugly time in my life and make it something super positive. Um, and people in, you know, close to me, my, my assistant who was just my intern last summer said to me, he's like, Marie, the transformation that you've had over the last 10 years is when he's, you know, he's getting to know me and sees everything. It's like, yeah, it, it, it definitely was a transformation. It was taking a really difficult time in my life and transforming it into something beautiful. And, you know, I'm, I'm very much like personal accountability and, um, you know, we're, we're, we shouldn't be relying on the government for anything and like, you know, take your own life and, and be self-sustaining. And, you know, I could have taken a different path. There, there's a different path that I could have taken and, um, I chose not to. And, yeah, I think that that That's was awesome. probably the transformation. That's awesome. And, and yeah. I, I had to do deals that no one else would do so that I could create my own track record. And that meant really dirty deals. That meant deals going in and like puking when we were coming out because there were houses that nobody wanted to buy. And it was like, well, nobody else wants to do this deal. We'll do it. Um, <laughs> and, and from that really was like born, you know, what, what you see today, which is MJD development and an operating company and a phenomenal team that will roll their sleeves up. And fortunately now we're like not doing those deals anymore. Um, but I wouldn't, you know, if, you know, I sometimes think, oh, those were kind of easier because they were, nobody else was doing them and it was low hanging fruit. Um, and we're not competing against 20 other institutional buyers and, um, but yeah. I don't really yeah. want to go back to that life either. <laughs> no, no, that's like amazing. That's awesome. Home office. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I really love no. how you touch on that. Um, how it, you, you really had to just really weather the storm and weather the storm and change your mindset. Because I mean, a lot of us, we can, we can go, we can go through the storm, but it's like, you really stay in a dark place for a long time. It's like, how can you really get past that? And so you, you really just, I don't want to say you just like sucked it up, but in a way it's just like, I can't stay like this forever. So did, did, and, and you also shifting to being very independent. Cause I can see that you're, you're, you're very, um, like just the way that you speak is that you're, you're proud to be independent and always not having to rely on anybody else, but just do your own thing. And especially being your, why is your family, your daughters, like did, did that early on get instilled into you? Like, was that like something that your parents or someone that might've influenced you for you to always be independent like that? 
Um, I would say yes and no. I think that it's something I was born with. I remember being a little kid and looking at my parents and being like, why aren't they working harder? And it wasn't that they weren't hardworking. I mean, um, my mom was a teacher and her father was a really well-renowned, um, neurologist and that side of the family had a lot of, um, options in their life, uh, i.e. money. And then my dad came from, um, nothing. He was an orphan in the Bronx and he really, so this is the part that like, he really brought himself out of a very difficult situation. He had to carry my gram or my aunt out um, of the house when they were like six and seven. And he, you know, he, he ended up being the first graduate uh, from college in his family. He then went to the air force and, you know, he, he very much has that like pioneering spirit that I have. Um, and then he kind of took a step back and went and to help other people. And he, um, got his master's in psychology and became a therapist. And I always had wanted, I was like, dad, let's get you a secretary and like booking more, more people. And like, I, I've always had this like drive inside of me. Um, I, I, it's interesting. I lived my life opposite. Like I got married really young and then, and when I hit 33, it was, found myself single and moved to San Francisco. And, um, it was really at that point that I had had enough confidence to like go out and utilize this drive. And there was mm-hmm. no, there is no stopping me. Like <laughs> there is no, no. I, I tell my girls all the time. I'm like, when I hear mommy, I can't do this. No, we don't say that. Like there is no can't. I love it. How are you going to do it? How I am I it. going to climb up this mountain? Like, how am I going to start a business? How am I going to do this? And my team probably gets a little frustrated because I don't listen to them when they're like, Marie, we really shouldn't be doing this. And it's like, no, we will open a restaurant. We will like get this. <laughs> You're like, have you met me? Have you met me? <laughs> no. When new team members come on and are like trying to reel me in, other people will like be like, no, no, she just said what we're doing. Like, be quiet. <laughs> um, I'm sure they're like, just go along with it, dude. Just go along with it. Just, 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 there, there's no changing. There's no changing. Just, just here's a paddle. Just keep, keep paddling no, in her river. Challenge her. Yeah. And, and what you said, like Francisco was like, there was a defining moment where I, I flew myself over to Hawaii three months after my separation. And, um, how I even did that is crazy. But, uh, I cried all weekend and I woke up and I was in this beautiful place and I'm like, why the fuck am I crying? Excuse me if I'm not supposed to uh, swear. No, um, I'm good. like, why am I crying? Like, I have a, I'm in a beautiful place and it, it was like a light switch had been flipped. And from that moment on, there was no like sadness. There was, there's sadness, but there, there was no negative, like sulking. There was no like feeling sorry for myself. It was like, how, what kind of life do I want? And how am I going to get there? And what do I need to do to, and, and, and every morning it's going to be a great day. Like we're doing this. And then there's times where you have to pause and like feel your feelings and get through it. And then you move on. And, and I'm very much a pick yourself up by the bootstraps kind of woman. And I I think that's a heart of an entrepreneur. You've seen that graph. There's like the, the reality or the thought of like the road to success. And it's just a line. And the little, it's really like this. (laughs) Yeah. It's really like this majority of the time. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's, you know, yeah, that, that's incredible. I mean, I've been impressed with you from day one that I met you. So it's, uh, you've, uh, and you continue to impress me and you continue to, to surprise me every time I hear about it. <laughs> about I think I met John and I had like 
four or five deals and um he was like who is this woman I need to like understand what like drives her so it's funny now that we're here I feel like John this is like very full circle moment so 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 shifting gears um I kind of want to know a little bit as far as like your transition because um I I know you were going through a dark dark time during um your separation um but as you were going as you were going through that what what how was your transition like what made you choose that industry saying you know what i'm just gonna take the leap like what because i knew you yeah. already had the entrepreneurial spirit it was, yeah, it yeah, was in yeah. your blood already yeah. but how is it that you were able to make that transition and just say i'm taking the leap of faith yeah so i knew that i wanted to get into commercial real estate and because i wanted to make the transition i had done a few smaller deals um with my ex-husband and and we renovated our own house and i was just super drawn to this investment world it felt like I hated the residential side because you'd show a house to somebody and they didn't like it because of the yellow bathrooms and you'd already been almost closing, to, you know, going to close. And then all of a sudden this emotional reason. And so it felt like my life was so emotional that I just wanted the structure that investment real estate brought. And so I, I put on my suit and I walked around San Francisco and I interviewed at every single major brokerage and they all said no. And I picked my little ego back up and said, okay, well, that's like the bro industry. So how am I going to break into this and not be one of the bros? And literally, and there were no women in any of the bullpens, like in, in the commercial real estate brokerage world. Now it's changed, especially on the leasing side, like the tech tenant leasing. A lot of, there's some phenomenal women in San Francisco. Um, uh, and I ended up going and getting an assistant position for a family office in the city and it was great. They were a co-GP and a, a, a small fund that was being started up by another phenomenal woman. And um, I really never let a single piece of paper over those two and a half years go through my hands without learning and taking it as a, like a paid internship and understanding the whole structure and GPLP. I mean, if you had told me that, I didn't understand what that meant. And so it was two and a half years of like grinding and there was a very difficult work environment. Um and I hope I never create that for people, but, um, uh, it, it, it taught me a lot. Um, a lot of people were not necessarily there, but just on the auxiliary, like I've had so much support. And if I ever have a question, people will always answer. Like I have had really great mentors in this business and really great investors. We've, we have a phenomenal group of investors that have supported me and continue to support myself and, are what we're doing and we make great returns for them. Um, my team absolutely knows that their number one job and every decision should be, um, we are a fiduciary to people's money and without, and to our, our investors and without them, none of us have a job. And so I think that's having that like touch point for our team always in the front of their mind. Um, and, and every decision we make is like, is this what's best for our, our investors? And so, Without their support, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. I, I'm massively grateful for uh, absolutely. people taking a chance on a woman who didn't necessarily have a, the track record that um, yeah. most people who come up in, in the commercial real estate world have. Or mm. I didn't grow up in the commercial real estate business. You know, this is all the school of hard knocks. And um, luckily, we've flourished and, and we're here. But Yeah, but, but to be honest with you, you did something that um, I, I see a lot of... Um, entrepreneurs that don't really want to take um, th that step, which is to really immerse yourself in that industry, but by going to either a company that's going to be where you're going to be able to absorb that information and that knowledge for you to carry that 
to whatever business you're trying to do. And I feel that so many of them are missing out because they don't want to sacrifice one or two, three, two to three years of being in an industry that they love and being able to just soak up as much as they can. And then if they do decide, they can branch off and then kind of do their own thing. And I think if, if most entrepreneurs or, or, or aspiring entrepreneurs who really want to make a killing in their industry would make that decision and to really take the leap into that industry or whatever industry they're in, they would be so far much, much more ahead than just taking the leap blindly and trying to start from scratch. Yeah. I mean, I think you can't be successful without doing that. I, um, am mentoring somebody and they took a 15 minute call, took exactly my advice, which is to go find the highest performing team that will allow you to like be around them. (laughs) And he's, 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 uh, he wanted to get into residential brokerage. And I said, look, like I'm, uh, you know, I'm having, finding success now, but it's taken me a really long time. Um, if you want to go be successful in the brokerage world, go find a team and just be around, take the year to like, Mm -hmm. to learn all the vernacular real estate has its own language. Like, yeah, you can take a real estate class, but you, you need to be around and doing deals and hearing. And I cannot stress that enough. Like go do what you want to do, but with, for somebody else and with somebody else and then go break out on your own. Or maybe you'll find a great deal. I mean, I have people that work with me and I hope I get to work with them for the rest of my life. And I know that they came on board to like learn from what we're doing. Um, but you know, there's a strength in number and you only get better by like having great people around you. And so my, my, um, my mentee, he has done more transactions in nine months than I did in my first two years in real estate. So like wow. just by listening to that one 15 minute conversation, like he's a massive success already. Like I'm so proud of him. Yeah. And I think, re- and I think internships are really uh, underrated. I really don't, I, I feel so many people are not taking advantage of that. Is, yeah. um, I mean, even for myself, I mean, I got in, I wanted to break into commercial real estate back in 2014, but I knew I didn't know enough for me to really do something on my own. So I did the exact same thing is I uh, got myself involved with uh, anybody who was in that business, including with John. I was luckily I was actually uh, introduced to John by some some of the networking again. Start, I just started networking and from there it evolves. And now here we are today with the podcast. Uh, with John, you know what I mean? Doing something together. But again, these are, these are just seeds and being able to have a farmer's mindset goes a long way. It's just so many want to see the fruit tomorrow, but they forget is like, you're, you're planting the seeds for, for the future. It's, it's not going to, you're not going to get that fruit right away, but it's just being able to do that. And, and, and then when you finally go out on your own, you're like, oh my gosh, my, if you calculate my, you know, pay, pay per hour. It's probably like really low, but, um, I, I bought a business this during the pandemic and I have partners in that and they're, um, learning entrepreneurship through this business and they're frustrated. They want to sell it. And I'm like, no, like we, we did that. We decided to do this and work 80 hours for ourselves. So we don't have to work 40 hours for somebody else, but it's not always the easiest path. And it, it takes a special like mindset to, um, really dig in and to like, own that. Um, and, and not everybody has a stomach for it. I think that if I really like clued into the, like the risks that I've taken and I didn't have this special, like 
twinge of my brain that like <laughs> doesn't see that part and only focuses on getting stuff done. Um, yeah. yeah, it can be super scary. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it really is. I mean, it was scary for me when I took the leap, you know, because you're used to having that set pay. And especially when you have a family that you have to support and take care of, it changes the whole game. Yep. I mean, it, it for you to be able to just make that decision, especially with, with your daughters and saying, man, I have to do something and to do it on your own, not so much for you, but for your family, it's very scary. It's very scary. Yeah. And you really have to think about those decisions yep yeah no absolutely looks like we lost john but he'll, he'll probably log back in but uh moving on so i i really um i, I wanted to touch a little bit as far as what how what what was the one of the major um i guess you want to say hurdles for you along that process like because i know you already had made the transition you've already gone through something so difficult personally in your life you're trying to move forward. What was the biggest hurdle for you? And what did you really learn from that in the business? Mm. Um, I think my biggest hurdle was not having a track record that was like fully mine. And I had really set out when I left the firm I was working for to go do this. I really wanted to do luxury home flips in San Francisco. And that required an equity check of like $3 million. And um, I had so cheap every, up there. no, I had every <laughs> meeting I, you know, networked. I mean, one of my big things is ABC always be closing and always be conferencing how I know oh, you guys. I love like, it. Yeah. Um, I, love I that. can't wait for things to open back up. I'm headed to my first conference in Sun Valley, um, which is exciting little hurdle, but, um, uh, in July. And then I'm going to one of my favorite conferences in, in Miami in November and hope to see you guys back on the circuit soon. Um, but I, I, those, you never know what conversation will lead you to the next conversation. And I think that that's been one of my success. Like one of my points of success is that I will talk to anybody. I will get on the phone. I will go visit. I will get on a plane. Like you have to connect with other people and most likely they're going to tell you no, but you have to have all those conversations. And I always glean something from a conversation that helps me grow and helps me formulate where the path we should, we, we should be going down. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, it was a lot of no's and then it was like, okay, well I have to pivot. I, this luxury home flip fund that I'm trying to raise in San Francisco is not going to work. So what can I do to do what I want to do or what I think I want to do, but in a different way that will work. And so I moved, um, my kind of target market to Sacramento. You could buy a house for 40 or $50,000. I had enough money from my, um, divorce that I could do one house on my own. And then all of a sudden it was like the floodgates opened and it was like, we were buying 10 houses, you know, a year and we were doing all these flips and, um, uh, all, a lot of the same conversations and a few other guys that I talked to about the San Francisco, you know, kind of fund that I wanted to raise were like, Oh, we'll give you that same $3 million, but over 20 houses. Um, and so that's really like that key hurdle. And then, then two deals led to four deals with, which then combined in itself. And I then made the decision to pivot to multifamily, um, single family flips is a really difficult business. And it seemed like if we could do the same thing, but in with multifamily, with a revenue income stream, like that was a huge process to Mm -hmm. to be able to 
property manage and have the income coming in while we were renovating the properties. And so really that's like what we do is we take something that nobody wants that has been mismanaged and um, make it pretty and shiny and, and make people <laughs> want to live there. And, and, yeah. and at the same time, we're making great returns for our investors. Absolutely. So the, the track record was the biggest hurdle, but it was m- more of just pivoting and figuring out, okay, if this is the biggest hurdle, yeah. what can I do to, to make my own track record? And so um, the pivot was a key piece and, you know, how it ended up playing out. I'm so grateful. Like Sacramento ended up being really a great place to invest. We mm-hmm. were benefiting from the tech boom in the Bay area. And then during the pandemic, a lot of people left. And so our leasing trajectory uh, remained steady. We actually increased rents during the pandemic, which is really crazy, you know, to say, um, from a national perspective and Mm -hmm. that same drive drove us to Reno and Reno has been a phenomenal market. I wish there was more deals that we could do there. So, um, you know, it all works out the way it's supposed to work out and it worked out well. And it's per, yeah, it's, 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 it's all the matter of timing. Yep. It really is. All right. Um, uh, Marie, I, I had a, a question that I wanted to ask you earlier. Uh, it's, it's about something that you said about sort of the, the whole, you know, um, adapting to change and, and not seeing something that you wanted to, not meeting a challenge that you thought you wanted to overcome and not shying away from it. Um, you know, did, did, do you think that something that came from uh, maybe like your dad or what you mentioned earlier or your, or your, your family having to the sort of power through something that happened to them and yeah, you kind of absolutely. like, you know, through osmosis kind of got passed that to you, that, that mentality. Yeah. Um, I, so I, and this is a weird way to answer this question, but I am really drawn to like, um, the East coast and East coast people in New York. And I think it has to do with like, there's, um, you know, I heard this saying that like California versus New York is like California are nice, but they're not kind. And New Yorkers are not nice, but they're kind. Um, and my dad and his sister are really pivotal people in my life. My aunt, his sister is like my very godmother. She's like more of my spiritual mom. And I'm very close to her. I'm probably closer to her than she's three kids and some of her kids. Like I, um, we just connect on a really special level. And my dad was a really unique human being. Um, he ended up coming out while I was in college, which was like a crazy thing to live through. Um, I always knew that my dad wasn't like, I didn't know how to like pinpoint it, but I always knew that, um, my dad wasn't like all the other dads. He took me shopping. We had so much fun. Like, um, and my parents had a different kind of relationship. And so, I think overcoming that at a young age and and being in college and not wanting to have people see me and see that I have a different life all of a sudden and, you know, it being Pride Month, like, I'm very proud to have a dad that came out and what he had to go through and what he lived through to, like, get to be 60 years old and then decide that he is going to live who he really is was, like, yeah, I think... um, that's and, amazing. And what he lived through as a young child, um, I, you know, there's a lot of grit that like are is in my bones and is is in my blood, um, and I very much feel that all of the things and all the experiences that I grew up with and that were before me, whether they were with my parents or not, um, that uh, they formed me to get to the point where I could go out and take this massive risk. And, um, Francisco and I were talking about, like, I think if I like actually looked at the risks that I take, it would be, 
um, you know, it would freeze me up, but I don't think about the world in that way. I don't think about, oh, what would happen if this doesn't work out? Because there is no not working out. This is, mm-hmm. it's just going to how it's going to work out. It's finding, exactly. and it's time or money, quite honestly. And so in real estate, you know, I do other things, but in real estate, that just means really good underwriting and really good planning of like, this is real estate. Some tenant's going to blow up the toilet and it's going to cost more money than you thought or something physical about the building is going to change. And so reserving for that. And, um, I have a great lender. He's been a phenomenal impact on our, um, our company. Um, he's more like an investment banker and he has been extremely supportive of like making sure that I'm protecting not only his capital, which is his job, but also just my own capital and our investors capital. And, and that level of elevation of going from like, I was using hard money loans um, to kind of that, uh, more sophisticated institutional type capital that that's been helpful, um, because I'm not allowed to be super rogue. I mean, there's a science to what we do and, um, while it's still gambling and we're taking a bet that we can, um, that the market's going to do X, Y, and Z if we do X, Y, and Z. Um, yeah, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that there's a lot of grit and there's a lot of risk that we take, but at the same time, it's all calculated. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I absolutely. People and good support, like there to, to mm-hmm. help us. Well, I think that's key. That's key. That definitely. I mean, you know, people people think of real estate as like uh, either either they think of it in, in in light of like safety and it you know like uh, you know nothing can go wrong, which is far from the truth. Everything everything could go wrong. Yeah, it's always uh, and, the worst and, case and, or, or, or they think of it in terms of like oh, it's it's too, like I you know I can't I can't t- I don't know how you operate. I don't know how you make a decision. When there's so many variables, well, you got to make a decision. Obviously, you got to you got to pull the trigger because you you know at, at the end of the day, it's it's just things that need to get done. It's you know as long as you have your ducks in a row, as long as you underwrite well, as long as you know the numbers, as long as you know your capacity, as you have a team in place, things will take things things will take place. They, things will happen, and you you just got to make them happen. That's all there is yeah. to it. You know. Yeah. So. Um, but that's fantastic. That's that's amazing. You're, you're, it's amazing about your dad, first of all, and I can now see why you're you have such such grit and such resilience and such you know that 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 spirit for attacking life. I love it. Yeah, she she's she brought yeah. the East Coast. The, the East Coast is in her blood, and she brought it to the it West is. Coast. So she's making a killing out here in California. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. I didn't grow up there. I very much feel like when I'm in, the, I would be in New York City if I could. I, that's where I would live. But um, I have two daughters, and they're Californians, and my ex-husband's in California, so that's where I am. But um, yeah. Uh, when I go, I call it going home. Like I just got to go home for the first time during the pandemic, and it, I like had never been happier to be on a red eye was to go back to the motherland of New York and be (laughs) there and, um, see my aunt for the first time. And it was just, um, yeah, this this is a bit of transformative time. I don't, I don't know if I'll be as busy as I was coming out of the pandemic, like going in, like I was on a plane every week. I was going to every conference and now I feel like I want to be more selective about what I, how I choose my time because I have paused. Like I, I've, spent way more time with my daughters than I ever, ever had before. Um, and we need to get back to some sort of life, like normal life. Like I yeah. keep doing this, but I guess my point is that I love being in New York. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, you, you, you got, you got expensive love taste. Uh, you got, you got, you got in New York city, which is the most expensive area on the East coast. And you got San Francisco, which is where you're living now the most expensive city on the West coast. So yep. possibly, in the, possibly in the whole country. So 
Yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, <laughs> right next to Boston, I, could, I would say. So you guys share that too. <laughs> yeah. No, you were yeah. talking about Boston. That's just that's the slums compared where 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 she is, where Marie no, is. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Oh man. And no, like, look, I really love your how to like your your how to mindset. Like, uh, there's it's, everybody's just a what if. There's I think there's always a risk. Whether if it's good, whether if it's, um, I, I guess what I want to say is, there's a risk of not doing something. There's a risk of doing something, and you've always been the type to do the. Ri- there's more reward than there is a risk on some of the, on the decisions that you've been making. So, a lot of people have actually contracted during the pandemic. But as you mentioned earlier, offline, it was it was the complete opposite for you. So can you can you tell us a little bit of how you handled the pandemic and what came about yeah. as far as what you were doing. Um. I mean, those early weeks, like I could start crying. It was like everything from like, we didn't know we were an essential business to what an essential business is to laying people off. I mean, we went from a 55 plus team to 38 pretty quickly. Um, that was scary. It That's was scary tough. That's gotta be tough. that I was like affecting people's livelihoods it was it was scary to know that I was in charge of 1500 human beings like in our apartments and keeping them safe and keeping my employees safe and making all the right decisions at my my business partner up in Tahoe Vinton it was there was a lot of calls of like and he's kind of our sage uh our sage wisdom holder and I'll call him and just you know, it's a little lonely at the top, quite honestly, like I can't always talk about some of these things with my employees. And so having a, a friend in the business and, and that we're doing a significant deal together with, like having him to rely on of like, okay, am I making the right decision? And he would just constantly say, Marie, we're so glad you're our captain of the ship. And I felt that as a really big pressure, but also like, um, a blessing. Like I think that I do make good decisions under pressure. And so we are coming out of this. I know there's a lot of operators that aren't coming out of it and I feel really blessed and lucky. And, um, you know, I, you know, we, it was not easy <laughs> and I'm yeah. really glad that yeah. that time. Um, no. but we saw it as an opportunity. I think that, um, we're, we're launching two new businesses and I think that they're very much aligned with, um, how we are going to live as a culture, as a country, as a state, um, over the next few years, and both are in the hospitality segment, and they're both, um, you know, in drive to markets that we think are going to flourish. And so, yeah, that entrepreneurial did not get scared by what was happening. I saw it as an op- entrepreneur, um, as an opportunity. I don't believe in luck. I think that um, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Um, when people say, "Oh, you're 100%. so lucky to do this," like fuck that. That's totally doesn't exist. Yeah. That's not reality, or not my reality. Um, and so I bought a, a boating business down in Catalina. We're the only um, sailing business on Catalina. So CatalinaSail.com. Um, come and, and take a ride with us this summer. We'll be out there um, uh, taking people around the island. It's so beautiful. You can go snorkeling. You can go scuba diving. You can do a private charter and, and you know, and propose to your beloved uh, (laughs) like we're available um and so i have a good partners in that business um and really falls in line with like what my thesis is which is people aren't going to go to italy or france or africa in the next few years i think people are going to find those really key wonderful places that we have in california we have in the united states and travel to those places um, in the next few years. So that falls in line with that. And then, um, we are opening a restaurant in one of our retail centers in Tahoe. 
Um, it's called Marada. Uh, this is breaking news on the Breaking News <laughs> podcast. Nice, really nice. nice. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here first. Yeah. Yeah. Head, on, head uh, on over there. Yeah, we're going to have tacos and tequila and just enjoy Tahoe um, this summer. It's it's going to be a really interesting summer up in Tahoe. We're having a very difficult time finding people, great people to work. Um, I think we're not the only entrepreneur or the only small business that's having a tough time. And it's not just Tahoe. But uh, J1s are, are uh, it's a, a visa program that a lot of um, hospitality markets rely on. And they're not allowed in because of the pandemic. And so finding um, help and support well, at the same time that we know that Tahoe is going to have the biggest summer it's ever had is it's going to be an interesting clash <laughs> of like yeah. a lot of service yeah. support and then more people than we could possibly imagine. And so we're really looking at our business of like, okay, we're not going to open with servers. We're going to open. You're going to, everybody's used to going into a restaurant now with a QR code and you're going to, that's how you're going to order. Then your food's going to be brought to you. Would have I have ever thought that I would launch launch a restaurant in that way? No, but it's a way that we're working around like our circumstances and needing to have a smaller team. And, and, um, I think that's a really heart, uh, the heart of like what you guys are at after and, and trying to help other people find is like breaking through that resistance. Somebody could have said, Marie, you're never going to be able to hire anybody and there won't be enough servers. And I would have been like, Oh yeah, that would have been too risky. I, you know, we're not going to open this restaurant. And instead it was like, Nope, go forward. We're opening a restaurant and we will figure it out. Like, okay, this is a solution that the vendor brought to us that other restaurants are having success with. And so it's just not how I can't do this. It's how am I going to do it? I, I, you know, your, your business is all you've all your approach to business is always, I, I loved it because it's very similar to mine where it's like, you go where the opportunity is, you have a base business. And then, and then from that, it almost like, you know, you bifurcate yourself into other other portions, which is what I've done with Peak 15, and which is what we're what we're trying to do uh, moving forward. We're not just syndicating; right. we're doing other things. Where where you know, so uh, you know, in part of what you did recently came from that approach, which is which is your which is your Lake Tahoe project. I mean, you know, you yeah. I, and again, I think we were joking about that before we jumped on. Is you know, Francisco is saying that you're the only person I know that went to stay at a hotel ended up buying it. So I, you know, <laughs> uh, what, you know, that's, that's we another, that's another well, one I, I want to highlight that. No, well, well, for one, let's highlight the fact that, uh, Marie is probably the only one who during a pandemic bites a boat business and she opens up a restaurant during a year the, after the she bought a hotel business, business. a year after she yeah. bought a hotel business too. <laughs> Two yeah. Years. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. Two years after yeah. she bought a hotel business. Yeah. This two is years the after true, she bought a hotel business. How can I? How can I figure this out? Mindset. This is the true entrepreneur. This, this is, is this is a real estate entrepreneur, mind you, who now owns a boating business, a uh, restaurant business, business, and a and a hotel business. So oh, I love man. it. I love it. Yeah. What? Anything is possible. Where the opportunity lies, and like. You know, part of the boat business is that I have two really great partners and they're hustlers and I see it in them and I would never have done that business without them. And it, it compared to the real estate deals, the cash outlay was very minimal. And so it was like, yeah, I, I believe in Sasha and Zach. I believe in their desire. They, they moved, they operated their whole lives from San Francisco. That's how I know them um, to move down to San Diego and the pandemic hit. And so we saw this opportunity. It was like, well, this fits the thesis that I have. Um, it's funny. The boat is called the thesis, um, but I didn't nice. name it. <laughs> yeah. That's it just, a great name. This thesis that I have that we're going to um, 
travel in different ways and enjoy our um, near closer by surroundings more than we ever have and um, and drive to markets are really going to flourish. And so um, it felt right. I mean, it's, it's super random, but I also I'm a cancer. I love being on the water. I have my own boat in San Francisco Bay. That's my daughters and my aunt on the boat. Um, uh, and so I'm very drawn to the water. Tahoe is on the water. Uh, our property there is on the water. That's why I bought that. Like the water, the water calls me in. So it, it's, um, that's, it's not entirely like random or, Oh, I'm just going to buy this. It was very well thought out, but, um, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Marie, uh, it looks like we're getting close to the fire round questions, so we can probably yeah. already get started with that, John. I mean, this this show has just been amazing so far. I can so. I can keep going and going, but yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. You know, and 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 by the way, these fire round questions are not what they seem. They're not a one answer question, one word answer questions. They're they're okay. you know, um, I don't even know why we call them fire round questions because they're you know they're it they're very similar cool. questions, you know. I don't know. I, it, I don't know, but but well, we we like we like to call it fire around questions. But if we think of another name, maybe season two, then we'll probably change it up. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, but but the first question, I, I can go ahead and get started. What's a hidden talent that nobody really knows about you? Hmm. Um. Uh, well, I love to dance. That's mm. probably a talent. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so it sounds like you're dancing cumbia. What are you, what are you yeah. dancing? Oh no! Just put on music and dance in the kitchen, <laughs> or Burning Man. I'm a big guy. I, I love to go to Burning Man and dance. That's nice. Uh, That's yeah. awesome. Dancing, I love it. I love it. Uh, this is a question. I, I, I don't know if it's considered fire rounds or regular question. I in Francisco knows this question well. Um, I, I'm very interested as to how, in what lens do you view the world, and in what lens do you view people in this world? Um, I would say that I have a rose-colored glass um, on until I get hurt or I can see who somebody really is. And then it's like, okay, you know, like I'll, I'll be nice until there's a point. And so I think that I very much have like rose-colored glasses on in this world and try to be an optimist and try to stay positive. But when reality hits and decisions need to be made or, you know, action needs to be taken, then it's like, okay, I, I, I see through clearly and, 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 and can take those off. So is that how you view the world and people together? Both, both, but some yeah. people have different answers for different ones. Like, yeah, yeah they view the world question. I think I'm still learning about people. It's, um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think I have people figured out and then they surprise me and I don't, but um, <laughs> no, I, I think I view the world and people like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a good view. And what's the best advice that you've ever been given? Hmm. The best. That's so much pressure. Uh, slow down. <laughs> I yeah, had a mentor call and he was we, like, what are you doing? I think we learned that doing? probably in the pandemic. Yeah, he's like, what are you doing? Like, you need to just slow down. Um, so I, I, I... It's maybe not the best for me as a person because it's very anti like who I am. But I think slowing down, enjoying the moment, like mm -hmm. paying attention to to what's going on, being in the moment, like that, absolutely that's probably best. No, yeah, no, no, yeah. it's true because I mean I I feel especially in our business I feel we can get very carried away into the day to day operations and kind of just be more. It, it almost turns very robotic and we forget to really just kind of take a step back, breathe, and enjoy. 
what's really around us, you know what I mean? And a lot of people forget to disconnect. Yep. What's a, what's a, what's a good healthy habit you adopted for yourself uh, recently or Peloton. maybe you've kept it for a long time? Peloton. That uh, bike has been my savior. I got it before the pandemic. I used it like frequently and now it's like, it's a religion to me. (laughs) Wow, man, Francisco, we need to hit, we need to hit Peloton for some sponsorship, man. Seriously. (laughs) Um, It's funny though. Cause I, it's, I've been going out with my daughter hiking and it's just like such, I feel like so strong in the Peloton. And then I go hiking in with my 12, my 14 year old. I'm like, Oh, I can barely kick up. Um, so I, I need to do some cross training. I've probably focused on the Peloton too much. Nice. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. That, that's awesome. What, uh, maybe, I don't know, last question for me, and then maybe Francisco can, can wrap it up. Um, yeah. what, are you, what are you afraid of the most in this world, and what makes you happy the most? Um, probably afraid of being alone the most, and being an only child, I think that, like, kind of drives that and that's affected my relationships like I definitely am working on that and then what was the second question what makes you the happiest my daughters of course I knew that answer I just wanted to ask <laughs> uh, wine is a close second <laughs> what's a close second you're a lot of close wine. second wine wine no, is a close second nice <laughs> nice okay. I'm very thought- far distant second but I do love sitting down slowing down having a nice glass of wine with friends like that I that thought you were going to say uh, tequila and tacos. Well, yes, of course, <laughs> tequila and tacos. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That was the whole drive of the restaurant, opening up the restaurant, tequilas and tacos. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I love well, Marie, that. I love that name. It's been an amazing episode. It's been so fun chatting it up with you. I hope our audience really got a kick out of uh, everything, all the gems that you brought and can really try to compete and try to challenge with how much of a hustler you really are. I mean, truly breaking through resistance and breaking, tearing down walls like nobody else that we've ever talked to. So, Well, thank you, guys. That's that's a badge of honor. I appreciate it. Oh, man, you're the personification of uh, of this podcast. You should be the poster child for this podcast, actually. (laughs) (laughs) No. I think we need to step up our game, John. We do. I, well, I yeah, yeah, listen. Little Marie Murphy. I mean, I, come I, on. I, every time I talk to Marie, she makes me feel like I need to step up my game. Believe me, I don't even. She doesn't need. To, she doesn't even need to say anything special. Just I just go, hey, Marie, what's going on? And I I get off the phone. I'm like, damn, I am way behind. <laughs> I just learned by watching you, John. Oh, that's no, no way, no way. Well, we we very Thanks, much appreciate you being this is on. Super fun. Yeah, this is, very this honored. Is, this is amazing. Thank you. This was amazing. I hope everybody enjoyed on. it. And if you guys are uh, just just stay tuned for the next episode, but it probably uh, we'll, we'll see. One more thing: about. how does how do people get a hold of you, Marie, and where do they find you? Uh, MJDCP MJDCapitalPartners.com um, will lead you to our website, or reach out to John, and he can connect me um, via phone. Are you on social media as well? LinkedIn, Instagram, anything like that? Yes, I'm on LinkedIn. Yes, I'm on all the platforms. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm not uh, on Snapchat or any of the other younger platforms. Yeah, no, we don't. don't But you can find me on Instagram. I'm MargaretMarie13 on Instagram. I work Boatworks at Tahoe. Please come see us. We have the In at Boatworks. We're there. Um, Come come visit. Uh, And then MJD Development um, on all major platforms. Awesome. Awesome. Marie, pleasure. Thank you so much. We appreciate your having me on. Thank you guys and stay tuned for 
the next great episode coming up. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Jalal Azar podcast presenting Breaking Resistance. Make sure to keep the conversation going by following us on Instagram and LinkedIn and check out our latest projects by visiting www.peak15cap.com. I'm Jalal John Azar. And I'm Francisco Herrera. And this is Breaking Resistance.